Hello, and welcome to Medicines Does Dermatology. This is a dermatology podcast with a difference. We aim to address some of the major concerns that medical students have regarding dermatology at medical school. In this episode, we'll take a forensic look at how dermatology can present at medical student examinations, including the OSCE in third year and long cases in final year. My name is Dr. Johnny Guckian, and I'm a dermatology registrar in Yorkshire. I'm also founder of Medicines Medical Education. In today's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Simon Meggett, dermatology consultant and undergraduate lead for dermatology at Newcastle University. I'm also joined by Amy Lee, final year medical student at Newcastle University and president of the Newcastle University Dermstock. So the question to ask is, what is this podcast uh, and why Why is this podcast? Well, all medical education, including dermatology, have, has honestly um, been abandoned by the pandemic. So there's obviously lots of forms of virtual teaching, including your usual dermatology lectures. This podcast isn't supposed to replace those lectures. We're really just aiming to talk around dermatology education, to give some top tips on how to approach histories and examinations, to share some experiences and insights from the specialty and to answer the questions that matter to students. So, Amy, I'll, I'll just start by asking you a question. Um, you, you, you represent all students here. What worries uh, medical students about dermatology? Why do students find it tough? Um, so, I think, first of all, at Newcastle, maybe there's not the most dermatology teaching in the world compared to, say, cardiology or respiratory stuff. Um, and because there's not that much focus on dermatology, I feel like we get less chance to see in person. So um, there's a lot of pictures we get shown in lectures, but there's a lot of things that, you know, lesions and things, it would be much better if you could see them in person or touch them in person and get a feel for them and just see more than one. Um, and we listen to a lot of chests, but we don't see a lot of skin conditions in real, real life. Mm. Um, the other thing I think is presenting back in OSCEs, um, especially because we sort of get taught this rote description of external psoriasis and you reel it back in Mosler and OSCE. But if someone gave you an unfamiliar lesion, um, I think people have a little panic about how to describe it and it becomes very especially and difficult. Mm. Right, I think panic. I can reassure you straight away that nobody in it for undergraduates is going to give anybody an unfamiliar lesion. Basically, everything you're going to get is going to be very, very predictable. Um, I think the problem is, you're right, that there isn't some fantastically structured way of presenting a dermatology examination in particular. Um, and it's largely a question of kind of winging it, which is, makes you all uneasy. But there isn't a structure, there isn't palpation, auscultation, all those kind of things. Um, and there probably isn't actually that much to say. So it's the structure of the OSCE that's wrong. Dermatology is a sort of brief thing, you're looking at something and describing it. Um, and it's how to fill that kind of tumbleweed sort of gap um, without kind of reiterating everything you've already said. And I think that's quite difficult. So obviously we're going to go into that a lot more, I guess, John. Yeah, it's that fear of awkward silence that we, <laughs> that we all have. 
Um, and and Amy, I, I, I like how one of the major issues that, that students are experiencing is lack of being able to you know, see and touch rashes. And we're responding to that with an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we can only do what we can do. There's not a lot of touching going on at the moment in, uh, in, in medicine land. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess um, there's those, those two aspects. There's not a lot of representation in dermatology. I think the problem is just with dermatology in general, it's a bit like ophthalmology, ENT. I guess if you took a straw poll of medical students at any university, they probably all done an afternoon of looking in an eye. Um, and, and there are some marginalised specialties. That in actual fact, you know, looking at eyes is very important, but um, it's so detailed and specific the, the skills are kind of deemed non-transferable, so specialties like that are marginalised. And what was also happening to medical curricula was they were getting they were getting full of all the extra ologies that were turning up. I mean, clinical genetics didn't exist five or ten years ago, or well, fifteen years ago, whatever. So there is more and more stuff to pack in. Uh, so the detailed specialties that don't fit in nicely with general medicine or Obzingani or whatever, um, have been marginalised a bit, perhaps. Um, I, I mean, you mentioned ophthalmology. That still gives me fear. My, my single ophthalmology clinic I had in the final year was spent with me on the side of the road and my car was on fire. Um, <laughs> so uh, so I was just praying that that didn't, didn't come up in my finals nozzle at Newcastle. <laughs> was, I was asked to look at a, well, I was asked to look at an eye in my membership examination. Um, and I, my use of ophthalmoscopes was horrendous, um, and I have never convincingly seen whatever it is you get with hypertensive retinopathy. Um, I've maybe seen a bit of fluffy stuff at the back of the retina, I didn't know what it was, swimming around vaguely in front of my eyes. Um, and they said, examine this person's retina and give us the diagnosis. This is one of the stations for membership of old. Um, and just as I started to get the ophthalmoscope by the patient, they started hiccuping. And they were moving, basically. And nobody said, stop, let's move on or anything. They just stood staring at me. And I felt an awful sense of panic. because I couldn't see the back of the retina anyway. So I looked, and it was just moving up and down, swishing around. I couldn't see anything. And as my head was moving up and down, the patient was wearing shorts. And I looked and thought, what's that all over their legs? Um, and they had some sort of weird rash. And for some reason not knowing anything really about dermatology, I thought that's that necrobiosis thing that diabetics get. I've seen pictures of it, it's sort of yellowy purple weirdness on the, on the legs. So I thought they've got diabetes and then I just blurted out some diabetic retinopathy answer and they said, fine, stop. And we walked on to the next patient and I passed and I probably failed practically every other station, but I think I, by complete chance and <laughs> dermatological fluke, I, I became a physician. Mm. Well, yeah, so I, I often, when I try to sell dermatology to students, to say there's a cheat sheet for the rest of the body. Something I didn't know in third year, maybe till halfway through, and then we were all really scared about it, is that the dermatology station in the OSCE is the history and the exam put together. And we always took our sweet time doing a full seven-minute history for all the other stations. So knowing that we had to fit both in, I think, spooks quite a few of us. Mm. So so it's about time management as well. Um, and I guess, I guess, I mean, I can see the logic behind it. If you've got, if the main complaint about the examination is that there's a lot of negative space, um, then you're going to want to fill that, you know, with a bit of chat um, about, the, about the history. And often, I mean, when, when we see patients in the clinic, you'll see that we, we do, we often do 
two things at once. We'll just go and look at the rash, and while we're while we're looking at the rash, we'll ask some questions about it. Simon, how do you think students should best manage their time in, in that sort of situation? I think that's a positive thing if you, you're given those two things to fill that time with, Amy, because um, that you know literally you are just quickly looking at something and either a little bell will go off in your head that you know what it is or it doesn't and then you have to describe it. But the words that you're using to describe most rashes are pretty basic things really, isn't it? Is it red? Is it flaky? That kind of thing. And where is it? That doesn't take seven minutes. So actually having that history does, Johnny's right, um, is, is positive. Um, I mean, the thing to say about dermatology history is there often isn't a lot of it anyway. Uh, um, or, or what I've found, certainly as a dermatologist, is most, most of the history people give you is irrelevant to what you're going to do um, and what the diagnosis is. It's important for exams. Um, but people will tell you in great detail, um, you know, every little bit of the body that the rash moved from and to and when it, you know, how it related to Christmas and uh, holidays and things like that. Um, but where the rash was doesn't really matter that much. It's where it is now in front of you. Um, I get where it started, perhaps, is important. But a, a lot of the time in dermatology history, the important thing is shutting the patient up. You know, that doesn't fit with ice and all of that very well. Um, but you do not need to know great big, great detail about the patient's history. So it is sort of sharp territory, I would say, taking a history in an OSCE, because the patient can go on for seven minutes, no problem. They can tell you exactly where the rash was and all the little bits about it and how it relates to other irrelevancies. So I think taking a dermatology history is you've got to have a few main questions in your head um, which we can go over a bit later in, in a bit of detail, but um, there aren't a lot of things to ask. Whilst there are a huge number of dermatology um, conditions, and as Simon, you often say that there's more dermatology conditions than every other specialty put together. Um, but actually at medical school, the things that could, could come up in your OSCE and your Moslers, there's what, three, four? You know, there's, 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 there's not that many. I think basically if you could tell the difference between X-men psoriasis, and if you can, you know, if you can maybe basically just describe a lesion, you're, you know, you're probably doing all right, at least for third year level. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. It's, it's more about if you walk in, you see something and you can get your diagnosis, then, then great, straight away, great. The rest of the history is just it's a bit like a driving test. And it's just demonstrating that you know stuff about that condition and you're asking questions around that condition. The history part, I think it's the examination part and the real, real OSCE when you're doing a derm exam. When you're taught a derm exam, it's like, you know, you observe, you have a look at the rash or the lesion, and then you go the full hog and you look everywhere. But in a real OSCE, it's like, you're, you're like, oh, can you can I have a look at the back of the ears? The patient's like, no, I don't, I don't want you to. Or like, can I just lift your shirt and have a look at your, your, your if there's anything on your stomach and the examiner's like stop right there so then you know you've you've done your history and you saved enough time for what you thought was going to be your exam and the examiner's like actually you don't need to examine all those things you're trying to examine obviously you have to say you're going to look at all of the skin um that is not what's going to happen in the situation. The, the patient will be chosen to have something in areas that are not, you know, that don't need them to be undressed fully, that aren't sensitive. And usually, you know, we specify um, uh, the patient has it on their arms and legs, or the medical school does. 
and that they come wearing a t-shirt and shorts. So I think you can you can just expect that you say you're going to examine everything, but you don't. Okay, Simon. So if, if you you as an examiner um, are marking a student uh, doing an OSCE, what sort of things would you like to see, or would you expect of that, um, in the process of doing the, the station? Uh, before you even get there, if the student should probably, if they have any inside information um, and they know you're a dermatologist, I would do things a little bit differently. If they don't know who you are, um, it's more tricky. Um, but I think, I suspect, a non-dermatologist will grade an OSCE differently to a dermatologist. Um, and I want to flip it around. I want to ask Amy what you would do when you were sort of approaching a patient, because if it's a dermatologist, a lot of it is irrelevant. I get visibly agitated and angry if a student starts at the hands, which is what you're, for example, which is what you're all told to do when they're, when they're examining a rash. Now, obviously, nails can have psoriasis in them. Um, but, but, Amy, what would you do transferring general medicine to dermatology? And then I'm going to stop you and tell you what things I think don't make sense in terms of a dermatology examination. Yeah, well, if we start from the top, walk in, wash my hands, that's key here, um, introduce myself and who I am, what I'm going to do, take the history, um, get permission to do an exam, and I would start where they say it's worst or where they say they have the lesion or the rash and have a look from there. And then... Okay, so say so one arm is bright red and the rest of the skin is pale, are you just going to go straight towards that arm? What if I say the wrong thing? Um, <laughs> I, there, is, there isn't an answer. There is no answer on how to do this. Every student's going to do it differently. The doctors do know, not know what the answer is because there is no format for a dermatology history, um, which is why, why I think if you've got a cardiologist there, you're fine to look at the patient's hands if you know that they're a cardiologist. All of that's fine. Um, but I think what I'm getting at is... Um, it's all right to be looking at the patient. What dermatologists do in clinic is, you know, they're seeing a lot of patients quickly. The history is often irrelevant. Um, but if they can have a quick look and work out how to direct the examination, they will. So if the thing's all over the hands and you work out what it is, you're going to look in the relevant places first. Now, in anosky, that's slightly... It's not slightly... Well, I don't think it would be the way to do it, but I think you should be looking at them when you're doing the history to decide what you're going to do. So you're going to have to think on your feet a little bit. But as a general rule, I think you do not want to go near the patient to start with. You ought to look like you are literally standing at the end of the bed, surveying everything um, before you go near them. So you kind of, that's the only way I think you can make it look like a general medical kind of take on dermatology. Step back and, you know, put your hands behind your back and, and, and consider all of the skin that you can see. And... But if you're taking a history, um, are there ways that you can indicate that you're also looking at them as you, as you take your history? Um, you know, it, it would show initiative. Um, if you said, I can see you've actually got it on your hands, is that where it began? Whatever, I don't know. I, I think I think it depends on what the question is or the instructions are in your OSCE. Right. That's important. So if you're... If you're 
question, for example, is take a train and do an examination in the station. As you said um, earlier, Amy, you know, that you can have this hybrid station with both of them. I think it's fair game to speak as you go, and Simon's advice completely stands. If it is doing an examination, there is a risk then potentially that someone would, you know, be a bit funny about it. I don't really buy into the idea that if you if you're asking questions as you go, you should be, you know, marked down for that. I think that I think that's a natural part of clinical practice, um, especially in in dermatology. It's good communication. I think if you're asking them, so what condition have you got? That's a, that's a little bit different. <laughs> um, you know, you kind of you, you, you have to be a bit tact, tactful with it. But then I think most most students know that, even though in OSCEs some strange things do happen. I would be talking to the patient, which you're allowed to do, aren't you? So I would be saying, I can see that you've got a rash all over your body. It appears to be the same on both sides, so it's a symmetrical rash. Uh, and I would be describing my findings to the patient as kind of as if you're semi-questioning them. Is that okay and allowable? Do you think I'm wrong to say that? Um, I think I think there's a limit to it. Like you don't want to be saying. I think if you if you start coming out with jargon to your patient, for example, that probably isn't ideal. So if you're saying, "Oh, mm. I can see that you've got a, a macular rash," you yeah. know, that's the, the patient will be like, eh, "I agree." It goes back to what I was saying earlier about it being like a driving test. Yeah. I think that's very reassuring um, because I think that sort of doing two things at once is sort is something we definitely do in modelers and we feel able to do in modelers. But I suppose because in derm OSCE you might have examine history in the same station suddenly it feels a bit more similar to how a Muslim would feel almost so it's reassuring to hear that you wouldn't necessarily be penalized for asking questions like that. Johnny can I ask you as somebody um, with recent membership experience um, what would you take away from that experience to translate into describing things or um, summing a patient up in an OSCE? Well, I would probably do. And well, in fact, there's, there's two school of thoughts for this. All right. And there's, there's no, again, there's no right way of doing it. Um, um, I'll give that caveat. Now, um, you can do one of two things. You can either um, come out and say, this is psoriasis, um, and then talk a bit about you. Know, this, I think this is psoriasis because of this sign, this sign, and this sign. Okay. Um, or you can do the other way around, and you can say, well, look, if you're not all that sure, um, um, you can say, well, look, this is a, a patient who's presented with this rash, these needle changes, um, and has also told me about this, uh, this symptom that they've had. I therefore think it's psoriasis, or I therefore think it's eczema. However, my other differentials could include psoriasis or eczema or, or you know, these other conditions. I think the problem with doing, as an undergraduate, the this is psoriasis approach, is that we're not really interested or or the, the points that you get for making a diagnosis are going to be minimal. Um, and for example, sometimes eczema psoriasis can look extremely similar, um, and or there can be bits of both. Uh, so you could shoot yourself in the foot by doing that, even if it is psoriasis. It could be eczematized psoriasis. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. I, I do doubt, though, that... Um, that in a third, particularly in a third year OSCE, where this is more important, that they would they would put a an exemplified psoriasis in there. I think it would be, at least from my experience, it always has been a barn door psoriasis or a barn door um, eczema. Then, if that's the case, um, great if you go in with psoriasis and say yes. it's, it's that because of all these reasons. Mm. But I would also say, 
And I don't think it's eczema because there aren't areas of visible weeping and excoriation. Uh, I would I would show rather than because you could have just guessed it's psoriasis and um, you want to show them that you're thinking much wider than the patient in front of you. So by saying what you think it's not, um, that's the way around that. And, it, and it's, yeah. it can only add points for you. Because even if there was weeping and eczema there, you can say, well, I didn't see any in the areas I examined. Um, it's going to help. I, I agree. And I think that's the difference um, between membership and, and undergraduate, um, just as you say, because in at membership, they're, they're, they are expecting you to be able to say this is something so and so and in cases for example they really like it whenever you're very definitive about something obviously if it's right if it's not right they don't like that um but uh, um uh, in undergrad yeah it's very much about showing you're working um, and at least then if you haven't got the right diagnosis you're covered because you've demonstrated knowledge about another condition or and and you've 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 kind of worked your way up to it and you'll get points all the way up to that Speaking of muslers, for a dermatology muscler, because I know you examined them, Doctor Market, what sort of, um, I mean, what sort of timings do you think we should be going for? Because a derm exam is, you know, it can be shortened quite considerably if if you're just saying I'm going to look at these places. So would it be wiser to spend longer on history and then? I would see it in a different way, Amy, as to how long as to how long you need to fill both those things with your time. Um, what I want to know is that you're going to be a competent junior doctor, and that you've considered the alternatives, you've weighed up the physical signs, and you've properly thought through the treatments that patients had, and, and, and are thinking to the future: how does all that add up to how I'm going to manage the patient? So I think if you go into it like that. Um, it could be that, that that how am I going to manage the patients both depends on what you can see and what they've been treated with before and how upset they are by everything. Um, so, you know, that bit is an important bit of your discussion, which isn't factored into seven minutes of history and seven minutes of examination. So I think it's okay to cut history and examination short if there is, um, if you're going to be kind of verbalising somehow um, about you know, the patient more globally and what the next step is. And I know that they're probably not necessarily domains that are going to be assessed in some sort of structured way, but that's what the whole thing is about. You, you know, I want to know that you're on my ward round and you're sorting people out um, by thinking about the most important things and then thinking to the future. So I think if you're, you know, if you, if you imagine that you're on a consultant ward round and, and that's, what, that's what your aim is, um, I think you'll just naturally do the right amount of history and examination. Um, the thing is to have a timer with you to make sure you don't do too much of one. Um, and often that's where I fail people quite frequently. It's always on the timing. Um, you know, patient um, students will just lose it completely because they've got a very talkative patient or they're focused on eyes too much. And then, they've, you know, all of a sudden there's no time to examine. It's practice. Honestly, that's all of it. All of we're talking about is practice. And for modelers in particular, and um, I mean OSCEs, and you know it's it's just that's just procedural really. But for for Moslers, um, you just literally have to do it hundreds of times, and you will get used to it. You will get your timing down. Having been a teaching fellow for two years, I have coached people, you know, through um, various Moslers, and I have seen them progress from doing the very start 
you know, take, trying to take, do, do, do their history in 20 minutes. Um, and then start, you know, start the examination, you know, five minutes after time is supposed to be finished to then get down to the seven minutes and seven minutes. And it's, it's great. Anybody can do it. It just takes time because you eventually will work out, you know, how to make your questions more concise and which questions matter more than others. So it's just about practice. And the problem is with dermatology is that people don't practice it because they don't think about it because it's much like ophthalmology because they think it's one of those, one of those ologies. Unfortunately, in, or, or fortunately, depending on your interests, these things have a, you know, a higher than average representation at Mosler's. You know, there are quite, you know, one of my mates got a meningioma in his, in his um, finals Mosler. Um, and that was, he, had, he was asked to do a cranial nerve exam. And I know I would have melted because my own experience in ophthalmology was <laughs> being at the side of the road and my car was on fire. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all about um, practice, practice, practice um, and prepare for the unexpected. It's basically going to be eczema or psoriasis if it's a, an osteo or a, um, a mosler. But for a mosler, I suppose not necessarily. Mm. Um, I used to give students patients with leg ulcers when we had free reign because, um, you know, that would strike fear into your heart, I'm sure, Amy. Um, but, that, you know, that, that was just my sort of way of testing people on their feet because it's something they won't have seen and I wanted to see their thought processes. Um, but really mean. You, have, you have to think what is what what conditions dermatology is great because it's visible what conditions are going to stay visible so you're not going to get someone with a urticaria because it goes quickly um, and you're not going to get some rarity as an undergraduate that just wouldn't be fair um, now you could imagine a medical school that might say well it's physical signs it's describing physical signs let's give you a patient with sarcoid or lupus um, but I think I think that would be very unusual these days when you're trying to standardise everything. Yeah. So I think you can assume it's eczema or psoriasis, but it may not be that simple. Um, it could be a patient with psoriasis. I've asked patients, well, anyway, um, you know, they could have bad psoriatic arthritis as well, and you could end up talking about that a lot. Um, so uh, I think I would, I would expect something like that. Um, John, you Help me, do you think? No, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, my kind of insights on this aren't really, you know, aren't official. Now I've left, um, Newcastle as a teaching fellow, but, um, I, I agree with that. I think you're really only likely to get the common stuff. Um, and the stuff that's on your curriculum, stuff that's on the British Association of Dermatology curriculum. Um, however, remember, use a common sense. You're not going to have a melanoma in there. Um, because that would be highly unethical. So, by the way, sorry, just before we take this melanoma off here and now, we're going to just whisk you down to an exam downstairs. That's not going to happen. Um, in theory, you could get a skin lesion. I've never heard of that happening in Newcastle. So my little sister, who was a medical student at um, Edinburgh, so 9F2 in Durham, um, she got a BCC in, in, uh, on a patient's nose um, in her OSCE. That would, be, that would definitely be easy enough to do. Yeah. I did, I did tell the night before, I do want, because we, you know, we were doing a bit of chatting about things that could, could come up, and I said, oh, do you want me to tell you about BCCs? And she's like, no, nah, there's, there's no way that's coming up. That's never coming up. And the next day, it's got this text being like, bloody BCCs. <laughs> <laughs> what about photographs, though? Photographs of melanoma must be quite common. No. I would say, uh, no? They've never, 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 ever. In theory, they could have it in the risky, in the written and describe it because they have, they have x-rays they have everything else um 
the risky was relatively new whenever I left Newcastle, so I don't know if that's happened since. Um, but they've never had that in the last kind of five five to six years in, in Newcastle. They definitely have before then. We've supplied pictures of melanoma or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's important to um, imagine that melanoma is a very you know, final year specific dermatology outcome. So I wouldn't be, I, I mean, I would be shocked if it didn't come up somewhere, but it is usually in the written in the written papers. And um, whether that's right or not, that's up for debate. If you had a BCC or CC, SCC in the osteomosla, would you spend, still spend time looking at fingers, for ex- like fingernails, for example, and behind the ears? Because, I mean, you, oh. you might want to have a look at around the body, but, you know, I, 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 I yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get, but I, well, I don't think, I think it's very unlikely to get the patient with it. Um, but um, in my mind, that almost counts against you if you start looking for signs of nail psoriasis and yeah. cheaper on their arm. So I think you have to be prepared to ditch a lot of the stuff that you think you're supposed to do. Great. You could, in theory, get someone who's got a lot of sun damage, covered in some, you know, maybe some AKs or looking looks at you know, some lot of acting changes, and it would be sensible then to look around the sun-exposed areas. So looking at the back of the hands is fine then. Looking, looking, you know, as a bald guy, looking at his head behind the ears. That's fine. That's sensible. That's what I would do in clinic. Um, but, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't say take off your top till we see your back, you know, without saying, do you have anything, any lesions on your back? Because if they say no, then you think, all right, fine. It's it's obvious once someone's drilled it in about thirty times, and then it's like, wow, for like two sentences, and I'm going to remember them forever. Um, but it, it feels really foreign the first time someone reels it off. And I think, this, I always think there's a lot of adjectives when you're describing a rash and you're thinking, um, is this coming out in a sensible way? Does it sound all right? Or does it just sound like I'm reeling off words that you know aren't correlating at all? I can see what you mean, you know, do do you have to say, you know, this patient has a rash that consists of plaques, for example? You know, that, you know, that doesn't really happen in real life. Um, but, but I think my answer would be yes. Um, the more of those words you cram in, the more, the more you're showing that you know. Um, and hopefully they're going to be true. I would make some general statements that um, if you know you've got a consultant dermatologist and you don't say this is a macular papular rash because we all kind of go, oh my God, because that's what general medical doctors say about every rash when they ring us up on the phone. Um, and, you know, most rashes have papules, not a lot of them have macules. Anything that anybody has ever said is a macular papular rash, there probably isn't. Um, it's just one of those things that's in medical textbooks as a thing to say. Um, if you've got your cardiologist in front of you, it doesn't matter. It sounds impressive, doesn't it? Um, I, mean, the, 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 I mean, the only thing that's truly, really macular popular is measles, and that's we describe that as morbilliform rather than macular popular. So. Yeah, uh, I think a few impressive things to say. What I said earlier, you know, all rashes are either things in the dermis that are lifting the epidermis up, and the epidermis then remains normal looking. It's smooth. Um, dermal rashes are few and far between, but there's things like sarcoid, for example, urticaria. Um, most rashes you're going to see are going to be epidermal, where the epidermis goes wrong, it weeps or it becomes flaky. 
So as you're summing up to the, the person, particularly if they're not a dermatologist, if you say, well, this is definitely an epidermal rash because it's weeping and scaly, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. And that's a good thing to do. And it, you, know, you know it's going to be eczema psoriasis anyway, but it's just an extra bit of, I know more than you, examiner. Um, you know, the symmetry is important to comment on because it tells you whether something is, if it's absolutely symmetrical, um, it's an internal manifestation. You know, psoriasis is because you've got a genetic abnormality and it comes up for whatever reason in the same places on both sides. Whereas if you're looking at athlete's foot, it's going to be much worse on one side or absence on one side completely. So unilaterality versus bilaterality or symmetry, always important things to say and show that you're looking globally. Those are the things to um, yeah. you notice at the end of the bed. What I would also say, and this is the same advice that I give people if they're calling me on, when I'm on call and, giving, and explaining what a rash looks like over the phone, um, is that when either when if you're a student doing an exam sometimes the fear gets you and you're worried about how to describe things and you're worried about the big terminology and your mind goes blank or if you're on the phone calling a dermatologist and you don't know how to descri describe something just play it simple play it safe say the obvious things first of all you may think that they sound stupid but actually quite a lot of things are really useful is it red say it's red if you can't remember the word ferrothematous, that's fine because you've had a you know, mind fart at the time. Just say it's red, that's grand. Or if it's pink, say it's pink. If it's if it's is it on the head, tell me it's on the head. That's useful to know. Um, you know, or is, is where is it not? Where is it sparing? That's also useful to know. Um, is it symmetrical? Is it, is it asymmetrical? That's really helpful. The really basic stuff can be as useful as all of the the the, the complex terminology. And, and following on from that, you know, the words are similar, papules, macules, plaques, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, yes, we use them all day long, but you don't. And, and it's the kind of thing that might just completely go from your head, even though you know it all. Um, but it's fine to say this rash is lumpy or um, feels the skin feels thickened or raised up. If you can't remember, it's a plaque. So um, most of these words anyway only describe things, you know, as lumpy and Latin or whatever. Um, so that's all you're going to be doing is updating your language. It's fine to say it's a red, flaky rash. Um, it's not going to, you're not going to be penalised for lack of those that terminology. It's about it's about getting a message across. Um, I mean, I, I do the same thing. When, whenever I'm seeing skin lesion patients, the first question I ask myself isn't you know what is the the, the border of this thing like or what or what how you know what how many millimeters is it? It's is this dodgy looking or is this not dodgy looking? That's what I ask myself. And that's the message I need to get across if I'm you know, going to be selling this to plastics to come and take off. Um, just thinking about who they can bring in. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about how medical school curriculums don't necessarily show conditions on darker skin recently. And we did a presentation with, with, with you, Dr. Meggett, where you came and showed us lots of pictures and talked about how common skin conditions can present in, in pigmented skin. Where I was Zoom-bombed in a very embarrassing yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> I still have nightmares about that. It's we won't talk about what images appeared on my screen. No, I don't want to have to put NSFW in there for this, uh, for this podcast. Um, but when recruiting patients, I'm presuming, well, I mean, the demographic of Newcastle is, is what, 81% white anyway. And I'm presuming the population of the, the dermatology department is similar. So um, is it 
Would it uh, you're right, so we, that we should be very mindful of that. And in actual fact, the new um, undergraduate dermatology handbook that all Newcastle students will get a copy of um, is about to be updated for um, um, BAME conditions, basically. Um, so we're becoming more mindful of that um, very, very late, really. Uh, what was your question about that? Just more like if you're recruiting a patient for an OSCE or a Mosler, would that come into play? Like, would you deliberately go, I'm presuming you wouldn't deliberately say, oh, we'll recruit a white patient, but... I think in I think you're right, in years to come, we will be increasingly mindful of that. The problem is it's much more difficult to diagnose rashes, which is kind of partly why it's been historically avoided, because um, you can't see a lot of the physical signs like redness. Um, so it does make it trickier if you get that kind of patient, but I would I would... Prepare for that, yes. That's a really good question. And representation in the curriculum matters at all levels of the curriculum. It's not just in, you know, learning it from a textbook. It's being examined in it as well. But then how do you make that fair? Uh, I think I think you have to start by making the teaching fair and making the teaching representative. So I think if they started off by examining it, first of all, it's probably the, the wrong way around. Mm -hmm. So I, I would suspect that, um, as you say, Simon, in time, as teaching... And this isn't just a Newcastle thing to stress. This is this is in Yorkshire. This is everywhere else in the UK. Um, but particularly in areas um, where there's there's kind of majority white population, um, we need to do better at that. Um, um, so so yeah, I, I think there was a lot of change coming, particularly with um, a lot of uh, new resources coming out um, and a lot of research and work being done on that. One other thing I like when students examine is um, I would. I would tell them to imagine they're conducting an orchestra um, and that they're standing at the end of the bed and doing as much of the examination there as before they get close to the patient. So if somebody said, um, you know, lift your elbow to the patient, even without words, if you show them your own elbows and say, do that, that tells me straight away I know you're thinking of psoriasis, um, that they're sitting there in a chair wearing shorts, and you've looked at their rash from afar, and you say, would you mind standing up and just facing the wall? And you, you look behind their knees for flexural eczema or whatever. If you show me right at the beginning that you can move the patient into the positions where they're going to give you the diagnosis without you even having to move, it just looks really good. Yeah. Maybe don't, if you're not sure, don't throw in random things that, that aren't really things because that can be really distracting as an examiner. Um, I mean, I, I once was doing a mock examination and someone it was for a neuro exam and someone had a, you know, got the, a little bit of cotton wool and just shoved the cotton wool up someone's nose, the patient's nose, and was like to turn and said, "Normal nasal reflex." <laughs> we were just like, "What?" <laughs> and we just kind of, everyone, every, like it was a mock, so everyone just obviously was rolling on the floor laughing. Um, Apart from, obviously apart from the students. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, sometimes um, we do unusual things in, in OSCE, so maybe just keep it keep it uh, to the, your, your, your standard stuff that you know about. One final thing to, 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 to add to icing on the cake is if you're examining somebody and they have got eczema and psoriasis, um, the, the, the things that Johnny was talking about looking for before in patients who've got skin tumours, um, if you commented to say, um, I think the patient's got you know, a reasonable amount of solar damage, I wonder whether they've had a lot of phototherapy in the past. 
you know, things like that is, is, is sort of, um, you wouldn't expect a student to do that. So it would look amazing um, if that kind of level of examination was factored into it. Um, so you could say that as a negative as well. You could say, you know, um, I suspect they haven't had that much phototherapy. Their skin looks, it doesn't look like there's a lot of actinic damage. This podcast was produced by Medicens. You can find more educational podcasts, games, and cases on our website, www.medicens.org.uk.